2: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.
0: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, we talk with the winner for this day in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. Ken Fuchs says seeding is about half done on the farm northwest of Regina at Bethune. We talk with the Minister of Agriculture about China fully reopening its market to Canadian canola imports. David Merritt also discusses crop conditions. Real agriculture looks at grain markets. Protein Industries Canada outlines a program to train Indigenous youth for the food processing industry. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. A farmer near Bethune, 60 kilometers northwest of Regina, is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. Ken Fuchs says the family farm is run by three brothers on about eight thousand acres. He says seeding is about half complete.
3: We're probably at that fifty to sixty percent done. Yeah, well, half done. Well, when do you hope to wrap up? Probably the first week of June, I imagine, before we'll be done. How's soil moisture? Ah, uh, right now it's real good. It's real good. We had we're putting it into some moisture this year, which is a good thing. Pretty dry last year. Yes, very dry last year, and uh, yeah, it was dry. But still, was not a great, not a great crop. But a little bit. But this year, we're hoping for a lot better. It looks more promising this year.
0: What are you seeding this year? What are you putting in?
3: Well, we've got some. We've sowed barley. Uh, we'll be barley, oats, uh, wheat, derm, canola.
0: Have you had any supply issues at all?
3: Not nothing. No, nothing serious. No, we've what? been able to get everything we've needed so far. What's your thought on
0: the grain prices right now?
3: They're awesome. <laughs> They're awesome. They're great. It looks good. I hope that we. Uh, I hope it continues for a bit for us. It's been a long time waiting, long time coming. But
0: we caught you in the midst of calving. How's that going for you?
3: Well, I think we're about eighty percent done. Uh, we run we got I think there's about there's not that many left, well at least I don't think so
0: <laughs> every day it's there's new ones Ken Fuchs of Bethune is today's winner in the six twenty c k r m country cookout contest. Saskatchewan farmers made some seeding progress this past week despite rainy weather in parts of the province. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers says seeding is 33% complete, up from 14% a week ago, but behind the average of 53%.
4: Progress is still slow. We got some moisture this past week, uh, but we're sitting at 33% of the 2022 crop now in the ground. That's just behind the five-year average of 53%. So we're slowly getting up there, but we're not quite where we usually are yet. What's the progress by region? 60% of the crop has been seeded in the southwest region, 53% in the west central, 35% in the northwest, 17% in the southeast, 13% in the east central, and 8% in the northeast. So the eastern half of the province is just lagging behind just a little bit.
0: What areas of the province got rain this past week?
4: Well, it was good to see that it was actually a pretty general rain, or or mostly it fell in the eastern part of the province. The Estevan area reported over 120 mils over two days, so that's a substantial amount of rain in a pretty short period of time. The Weyburn area reported 92 mils, the Big Beaver area 87, Mooseman was 75, and Eyebrow was 35. So a good uh, general rain over the last week, a couple days there, so that was really nice to see. But does the southwest and parts of western central Saskatchewan need rain? They certainly do. Uh, you know, they, uh, the southwest and west central did get a little bit of rain, anywhere from, you know, 10 mils to maybe 20 mils in some areas. Uh, but they certainly need more to improve their germination and also improve their pasture conditions. What uh, about
0: the soil moisture rating? What's it
4: at? Ah, uh, well, with the almost weekly rains that we're, we've been getting across the province, the topsoil moisture has been creeping up. So which, is, which is really good to see after the drought we had last year. So for cropland, topsoil moisture is rated as 12% surplus, 56% adequate, 20% short, and 12% very short. Hay and pasture is rated as 4% surplus, 56% adequate, 24% short, and 16% very short. So very good to see those numbers creeping up towards adequate, and we'll certainly just need a bit of warm weather now to get those pastures to green out now that they've had some moisture. With all this moisture in the eastern part of the Grain Belt, have farmers
0: been taking any steps to dry out their fields?
4: They have. You know, producers with fields that they're able to get into, uh, they started to harrow or uh, lightly disk their fields just to dry them out a little bit faster so they're able to get in there with some seeders. And others who, who are able to just go straight into seeding or, or seeding as quick as they can before the next rain shows up. So hopefully they can get some seed in the ground before the next rain shower. What kind of seeding progress by crop? By crop, so lentils take the lead uh, with 59% of the lentil acres now in, 57% field pea, 51% durum, 29% spring wheat and 27% of barley have been seeded to date. There are reports of barley, peas and lentils that have begun to sprout uh, throughout the southwest and west central and in the coming week we'll see much more of the crop coming up. How are pastures? Pastures are looking pretty good in the east. Now all they need, they have all the moisture that they might need, but now they just need some some heat and some sunny days to start greening up. But in the western half of the province, pastures are still looking quite poor in some areas, uh, mainly around the Maple Creek, Leader, and Rosetown areas, and they'll need some moisture certainly in the next couple of weeks to rapidly see some regrowth.
0: Matt Struthers is the Provincial Crops Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroths. An inch makes a big difference. Prairieeavestroths.ca and your Prairie Co-op grow team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasbourg. Agriculture Minister David Merritt welcomes the full removal of restrictions for canola exports from Canada to China. China has reinstated export licenses for Richardson Grain and Viterra after imposing severe restrictions in March 2019. Merritt says full access is important for Saskatchewan farmers.
5: Well, obviously it's good news. Obviously for Viterra and uh, JRI, it's uh, good to see that these companies are now able to ship their canola back into China. Other Canadian companies were still doing it as well, Jim, so it only made sense that it had to happen that this restriction would be removed from Viterra and JRI. So we're happy to see that. Obviously, it's just another uh, customer for us, and it just allows sales for uh, canola products from Saskatchewan and Western Canada to go into China. And Viterra and Richardson are major canola
0: buyers from farmers and, and exporters,
5: right? Yeah. Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, and I mean, obviously they'll be, you know, looking for those export markets for the next couple of years. But once they get their crush facilities up and online, they'll be probably crushing their own canola here. So, which is great news for the farmers here and people that'll be working in these facilities as well, Jim.
0: Now I want to talk about spring seeding. What kind of progress have we made?
5: Well, actually, pretty good. I mean, last week we were at 14%, and this week we're up to 33%. And there was some rain in there too, in in parts of the province too, Jim. So it's, uh, it was uh, good to see that side of it. Obviously, the south and the southwest side is is obviously the highest. The southwest is you know around sixty percent, and and in the in the um, in the west central, they're they're well over fifty percent. So we're seeing some pretty good numbers that way. And uh, obviously, the rain on the you know from Kind of the central part, south central part of the province, right over to the east side, really has impacted uh, the farmers on the east side, going up on the uh, on the east side, like even to north of Yorkton up to uh, and that way. So hopefully we'll get some drying weather and uh, the farmers there can get going and again and get some crop in the ground. Overall,
0: though, contrast this spring with last spring. How does it look for farmers yeah,
5: and the crop? It, look, it looks a lot better. I mean, obviously there's more, you, there's still some pockets that need some rain. We know that. But for the most part, the province is sitting with some pretty nice moisture to, to put the crop in to get it started and, uh, you know, get us into that late June, July, where obviously we'll probably need one or two more to finish it off. So things are looking a lot better and a lot a lot better even on the pasture side in a lot of parts of the province. And, you know, there will be in some parts of the province, there will be a hay crop. It might not be a, a tall one, but there'll still be some, you know, significant hay crop that, that the livestock guys will be able to replenish their their stock that way. And
0: water supplies have improved, uh, yeah. I, I believe. I, I've heard that. Yeah.
5: yeah, they have. Uh, you know, where they've had, you know, even in my riding, on the east side of my riding, they had well over three inches of rain in, in parts of it. So, you know, the the dugouts uh, filled up, and it's good to see that, and the, and, the, and the creek's flowing again. So it's good to see that there's some sloughs around and water for the livestock that way, but, and uh, obviously some good moisture to get the crop growing as well.
6: That's Agriculture Minister David Merritt. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Let's get to the market talk because it has been a crazy wild swing this week. Lots of trading action, lots of things driving the news. And here to uh, break down at least the midweek action for us is John Dreger with Leftfield Commodity Research based in Winnipeg, Manitoba, where it refuses to quit raining. John, how are you? doing well thanks okay let's talk about the markets um we have had two days this week of really really extreme upside in the wheat market and now today a lot of red on the screen some profit taking happening for the longs i would assume what what do you make of this week's trading action
2: yeah i mean chaos in some ways is is almost the right way to describe it you know it's it's I mean, if you go back to, so last week we had the USDA report on Thursday and, and certainly it was a report that was, was friendly for, for wheat. Uh, we go into the weekend and of course we get the announcement from India, they're going to stop exports, maybe they're going to export some and it's, it's, the whole thing has been a little bit convoluted. And uh, There's an element of, of you know that announcement from India on the one hand that's like not necessarily that surprising when you look at the temperatures they've had and, and no doubt their crop was getting smaller. And so, on the one hand it, it shouldn 't be that surprising and, and yet it seems like maybe there was some some headline chasing and, and money flow. Uh, one of the things with wheat we have to remember is that in the whole grand scheme of things it 's a pretty small market from a, a financial market perspective, and even say relative to corn and soybeans and so it doesn 't take that much money to maybe cause exaggerated swings and so you you sort of have this this element of, of maybe chasing that that headline. Uh, and then, of course, you know today we've got financial markets, crude oil, everything else breaking, and and you know, maybe wheat sort of get gets gets caught up in that. But it's uh, just just tremendous volatility. It, it really is a market that uh, boy we're at extremely elevated levels. Uh, I, I think the whole thing seems very fragile, almost in both directions. You know, there, there's no question, you know how how tight this global wheat market is, and and probably getting getting tighter in many ways when you look at, at all the production threats that, that potentially could get worse here over the next, you know, weeks or few months. Uh, and yet on the flip side, we we are at extremely high levels. Maybe there's still enough time to improve some crop prospects in some regions and, and you know, a lot of frothiness built in the market. It, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be volatile as as all get out here going forward. And, and we've been seeing that all week.
6: <laughs> yeah. You know, you mentioned production risk because obviously we have the Ukraine, Okay, we have that situation. Then you, you come closer to home here. We know the U.S. winter wheat crop is not in great shape as we've been seeing those crop progress reports by USDA this week. And then you look here at home in Western Canada and Manitoba, like I mentioned, will not stop raining. Although we could see more people switching into wheat potentially, but who knows how late that gets seeded and what the yield is. Well, there's a lot of unknown questions there. And in the Palliser Triangle... It's it won't rain at all, and people are worried about the crop even coming out of the ground. So, if you're a headline chaser, there's a lot of reasons to be chasing this market higher on the long side at this point.
2: Oh, there's no question, and and even for example in Europe, you know they started off in better shape, but now there's some heat in the forecast. You know you start whittling off some tons there, and and even for example, you know coming back to that that headline with India. And on the one hand, there there's headline chasing. You know, but there is an element of, of, you know, what if, in fact, actually their crop itself is, is significantly smaller than what people are are, are anticipating? I, I mean, you know, potentially, do they end up actually needing to import some or or does that mean that, for example, you know, Pakistan needs to import a couple million tons more than what is currently expected because they've sort of got caught up in that heat wave? And, and it's not hard to, you know, kind of extrapolate some of that into significantly tightening up the world wheat balance sheet. Uh, and again, a lot of these are what ifs you know but but certainly very plausible and and that 's where again, because it is so tight you know to to paint a scenario where we make another leg or two higher from here is 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 not very difficult again, not inevitable because you know weather could improve mm. in western Canada, you could have you know maybe a better yield outcome in uh Europe russia conditions are, are are quite good although who knows how much ships and so forth so so that's not inevitable but but certainly you know there's there's scenarios on the table that that could you see these markets make another leg or two higher if things project to you know keep getting worse in some areas that are a little dodgy right now
6: no kidding hey john thanks so much for joining us here today on real ag radio really appreciate it yeah i always appreciate it thanks sean This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com.
0: The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, showers beginning early this afternoon, risk of a thunderstorm. Wind west 20 becoming light this afternoon, the high 14. Tonight, rain mixed with snow ending overnight. Wind becoming north 40, gusting to 60 this evening, the low plus 1. Friday, mainly cloudy, 30% chance of showers. Wind north 30, gusting to 50, the high 6 tomorrow, the low 0. Saturday, cloudy, the high 11, the low minus 2. Sunday, sunny, the high 15, the low 3. Monday, sunny, the high 18, the low 6. Tuesday, sunny, the high 20, the low 7. Wednesday, partly cloudy with a high of 21. Normal high is 20 for this date, The normal low is 5 degrees. The sun rose at 5.05 this morning. It sets at 8.44 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Moose Jaw at 13. The cold spot, zero in the Cypress Hills Provincial Park. Estevan is 12, Saskatoon 6, Swift Current 5, Webern 11, Yorkton is 5. Regina, Cloudy and 11, that's 52 Fahrenheit, winds are from the west at 25. Humidity is 59%, the barometer dropping 99.3. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, 13, winds are from the west, southwest at 31. Once again, Regina, Cloudy and 11,
2: that's 52 Fahrenheit back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent edge microactive group three herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola peas or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada.
0: This portion of Saskatchewan agriculture today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. A $1 million program to train Indigenous youth for work in the plant-based food processing sector has been set up in Saskatchewan. The project is from Protein Industries Canada, the Saskatchewan Indian Institute of Technologies and Whitecap Dakota First Nation. Protein Industries CEO Bill Gruel says the goal is to ensure a growing workforce for the expanding plant processing and food manufacturing sector.
1: Sometimes we talk about uh, investments we make in in technology with companies. This is a little bit different. It's an investment in uh, developing talent and skills for the future. So we uh, launched a program yesterday that's a collaboration between the Saskatchewan Indian Institute of Technologies and Whitecap Dakota First Nation to give micro-credentialing to Indigenous youth to better their chances to work in the growth of the food and ingredient processing sector.
0: Why do this?
1: You know, when we look at the future of the plant-based food sector in Saskatchewan and Canada as a whole, we know that we need a lot more people who have skills and training to fill the jobs of the future. We think we need a least. 17,000 more people to work uh, to grow Canada's plant-based food sector and so we're really focused on providing opportunities for Indigenous youth to work in that sector so I mean it's good for the plant-based food sector for employees and it's a great opportunity for Saskatchewan's Indigenous youth to find employment in a growing sector.
0: Bill what are the skills needed and you said there's a lot of jobs that will be opening up in the plant-based food industry? The program really offers
1: training to help Indigenous youth gain employment in the food processing sector. So that's everything from, you know, operating some equipment to quality control, those kind of things. There's a lot of, you know, mildly skilled labor that's needed in in processing facilities today.
0: How do farmers benefit from this?
1: Farmers benefit from this because at the end of the day, we need markets for our products and when those markets are domestic processing facilities it guarantees a a market for producers crop it reduces the, the transportation costs for them but those facilities aren't successful if they don't have employees in them so the fact that we've got a training program coming up to help indigenous youth find employment in processing facilities keeps those processing facilities operating at a maximum capacity that gives new market opportunities for producers. What does this program cost? Yeah, so this is an investment, a total investment of almost a million dollars, $964,000. Uh, we've got a pick investment of just north of 500000 And our industry partners, which is the Saskatchewan Indian Institute of Technologies and Whitecap Dakota First Nations, putting up significant investment of $450,000 for this.
0: And when does this program start or when will they offer these courses?
1: This is a micro-credentialing program, so it will start immediately and uh, Saskatchewan Indian Institute of Technology has done a great job of scoping the project. They'll be able to start training students really quickly. The program only takes about eight weeks of study and followed by a 60-hour practicum on jobs. So we should see Indigenous youth hopefully employed in processing facilities within the next three to six months, potentially.
0: And you said the growth was, what, 17,000 jobs over several years?
1: Yeah, over the course of the next 10 to 15 years, Canada's so this is not just Saskatchewan, but Canada's plant-based food sector grows. We think we need an additional 17,000 employees to uh, help meet our targets of building a $25 billion industry in Canada.
0: Bill Gruel is the CEO of Regina-based Protein Industries Canada. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small-town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingsupplies.com There is some disagreement on projected wheat exports from Russia and Ukraine. Market analyst Michael Wilton outlined the recent US Department of Agriculture forecast for grain exports from Russia in the latest SaskWheat website outlook.
6: The USDA put Russia's new crop exports at 39 million tons, which is the equivalent of 3 and a quarter million tons per month. This is 60% more than the monthly total they have been able to achieve since the beginning of the war. This export number becomes even more questionable when combined with an additional 10 million tons of corn and barley exports that the USDA is expecting. Similarly, new crop exports from Ukraine were pegged at 10 million tons, plus an additional 11 tons of corn and barley exports. The combination of these equate to 1 and 3 quarter million tons, which is twice the amount that they've been able to export via land over their western borders in April. Both the export number for Ukraine and Russia seem unrealistic unless there's a significant de escalation in the war.
0: Wilton says the USDA report sees weather as a key factor in the grain market in coming weeks. Coming up, Market Update. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tom and Lumber and Sask Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell $8.60 at $1,079.92 per metric ton. Number one red spring wheat went down $9.87 at $574.70 per metric ton. The rest were all unchanged. Durham $587.90 feed barley $387.54 flax one thousand two hundred twelve dollars seventy three cents. In other words twelve twelve seventy three. Lentils nine thirty two fifty. Oats three hundred ninety one fifty three. Yellow peas six hundred seventeen dollars thirty three cents. Feed wheat three hundred seventy eight thirty. At Minneapolis this morning, July spring wheat fell eighteen and a half cents at thirteen dollars thirty four and a quarter cent a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Wayburn Livestock Exchange. Call Wayburn 842-4574. And now the latest livestock quotes.
7: Cattleman Junior for Heartland Livestock, Yorkton, with your market update for the week of May 18th. A little lighter run on offer this week, with 555 in the pre-sort and 437 cows and bulls for a total of 992 for the week. On the feeder market, it is trending steady to higher with strong demand for the lighter cattle for grass. Here are a few highlights of this week's sale. Buckskin steers 560 weights at 245. Your 709 weights at 206. On the block steers 497 at 258, 568 at 25250, 250, and your 710 weights at 214. On the half trade, boxkin Heifers, halfers 572 at a dollar 89, 786 weights at a dollar 85. On the block halfers 578 at a dollar 96, and the 708 weights at a dollar 84. On the cow and bull trade this week, we saw the cows average one with a real strong set of cows on offer. D1, D2 cows, $98 to $1.10 with a high of $1.14. D3 cows, 90 to 95 Light shelly cows, 78 to 86 And your half dollar $1.10 to $1.42. Mature bulls average $1.21 with a high of $1.42. Last week, special three herd dispersal cow-calf pair sale averaged $22.40 on 145 pairs with a high of 33.10. Produces our next bred cow and cow-calf pair sales Friday, May 27. Already 100 pairs consigned. Please call office consigned consign for more information. Also, we are done with our pre-search sales for the spring. All sales from now on will be regular sales, with receiving on Tuesdays from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. The sales will be on Wednesday starting at 8. Once again, this has been Junior for HLS Horton Thank you and have a great day.
8: And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham 7,000 hogs Wednesday selling in a range of 226 to $241 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,800 head, selling in a range of 226 to $240 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are down, selling in the range of 64 to 71 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollars down four basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2841. The Canadian dollar's current trade at 78.02 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed, with the negotiated Western Corn Belt advancing 96 cents, while the national formula region softened 6 cents U.S. 100 weight relative to the previous day. The value of the pork cutout has been in a steady to lower trend since February, and has fallen from a high of $111.08 a hundred weight to $102.42 in the present marketing week. Tight hog supplies are supportive to cash, which is why hog prices remain at the third highest value on record in the current marketing week. However, the demand side has not lived up to expectations so far, explaining the anemic cutout performance. Meanwhile, exports remain good, but not as good as the record 2020 and 2021 marketing years. This morning's weekly expert sales report showed export demand remains solid, but no new demand is being revealed. Weekly shipments came in at 31,252 metric tons, the fifth highest for 2022 so far, but essentially trend trendline since the beginning of the year. New net sales were the seventh lowest for the marketing year so far at 24,140 metric tons. Cumulatively, 2022 new commitments are 167,000 metric tons higher than the five-year average, but 72,000 metric tons and 96,000 metric tons lower than 2020 and 2021 net all-export partners, respectively.
0: And our weather outlook. Rain mixed with snow ending overnight. Wind becoming north 40, gusting to 60 tonight. The low plus one. Tomorrow, cloudy, rain, and a high of 6 degrees. Currently in Regina with cloudy skies, it's 11, that's 52 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 25. Coming up, the resource report. Now the resource report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit mandeco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. The Saskatchewan Ministry of Energy and Resources has released its second oil and gas emissions report. Last year, greenhouse gas emissions from vented and flared gas at upstream oil facilities in Saskatchewan totaled 4.4 million tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent. The report says this represents a 6.5 million ton, or 60% reduction from 2015 levels, and an 8 tenths of a million tonnes, or 15% drop from 2020 levels. Energy and Resources Minister Bronwyn Eyre says the 60% drop is a significant achievement and shows this province is a leader in methane reduction. She says Saskatchewan's comprehensive regulations target both methane from venting and carbon dioxide from flaring, which is more comprehensive than the federal approach, which targets only methane emissions. The main factors for the reduction are industry investments in new equipment and government tax credits. On the markets today, the TSX is up 103 points to 20,205. The Dow has fallen 302 points to 31,188. Oil has gained a dollar 21 at 108.25 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 41 one ths of a cent at 77.97 cents US. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit gowancanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.